We're going to read from the Bible just now. Okay, we're listening, boys and girls. Let's listen to this wee bit of the Bible from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Okay, we're going to read verses 1 and down to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Why was that, boys and girls? Because there was no room... Yes, Davy? No room for him in the inn, okay? Amen. Right, boys and girls, just give me two minutes of your time. I'm just going to speak very quickly to the grown-ups. If you want to go and play, you can. If you want to do some colouring in, you can. Okay, but we're going to speak for just five minutes, okay? Is that okay? And if he's a really good, there might be a wee present for you afterwards. Does that sound good? Okay, right. Why do Mary and Joseph head to Bethlehem? Well, they head to Bethlehem because there was two decrees. There was two reasons they headed. There was, there was two degree, decrees. That's why they headed to Bethlehem. The second one we've just read in these verses, when Caesar Augustus sent out a decree to all the world that they had to be registered, and each one had to go back to their own hometown um, so that they could be registered. So we see Joseph and Mary leave Galilee and head to Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because Joseph was of that house. That is where his family came from. So to, in order to be recorded, uh, as the decree said, that's where they went back. However, I said there was two decrees. There was the one that Caesar Augustus gave in those days, but there was one that came much, much earlier before then. And this was, this, this, this was the one that sparked Caesar Augustus's one. Okay, this is the first one that came. We read it in Micah chapter 5, the first decree. But you, O Bethlehem, Epaphra, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old. So Caesar Augustus says, right guys, you have to go back and uh, go to the town where your family are from and you're going to be registered there. Now why did he do that? But it was all part of God's sovereign plan. And God set the wheels in motion way, way, way before that. You see, what we need to understand, grown-ups and boys and girls, is that the Christmas story didn't start with Mary and Joseph. It didn't start with them. Actually, it was set in motion by God in the glory of heaven. That God had this plan that he was going to send his only son into this world. It didn't start with Mary and Joseph. They didn't go there really just because of Caesar Augustus. It was all part of God's sovereign plan. Where God, the God of grace, looked and saw us in our sin and in our brokenness and decided to act. He decided to rescue us. And as Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem, we read that there was no room for them in the inn. Now we know how this was the case because everyone was having to go back to where they came from and be registered and Joseph had to go there because that's the, the, the lineage that he came from. I come from the Isle of Lewis and I can, re I can imagine what this was like. Every summer we have a music festival called, called the Hebridean Celtic Festival and it's wonderful. You should go, if, but you can only really go if you can get somewhere to stay because the place is absolutely inundated with holiday makers and people who come and actually they have to restrict the amount of caravans that come over. So when I read this and, and I see Mary and Joseph going and trying to find somewhere to stay and they can't find any and they have to go and stay 
where this manger is because there was no place for them in the inn. I can picture that because that's what it's like in Stornoway in the summer. There's no B&Bs. You can't get anywhere. There's no beds for anyone. It is just absolutely jam-packed. So if you can imagine, Mary and Joseph, they've traveled and they're going around and they're trying to find somewhere to stay. And what we read is that she gives birth to her firstborn son, wraps him in swaddled in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was, they couldn't find any room. There was no room for the Son of God. I want you to stop and think about that for a few moments. The one who created all things, actually when he came to earth, there was no room for him. There was no room for the darling of heaven. There was no room for the Messiah. There was no room for the word made flesh. Emmanuel comes, God with us. He put on human flesh. And what is his first experience is that there is no room. And he's born somewhere where he has to get placed in a manger. And what I see sadly at this time of year, and actually most of the time, friends, is that we create room for the Christmas parties. We create room for the Christmas kind of fun and festivities. We, we create room for the nativities at school. We might even pop along to church because that's what you do at Christmas time. We create room for the mince pies. We create room for all these bits and pieces. But I want to ask you this question this evening. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Or actually, does Jesus find the same answer in your heart as he did in Bethlehem? That there was no room for him in the inn. Is there room for Jesus in your heart tonight? And actually, maybe you're already a Christian and you said, I've already accepted Jesus in my heart. Does he have all of your heart though? Is there clutter in there that you need to get rid of and actually you want to give him more room? Or do we say, as Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, do we say, sorry Jesus, there's no room for you? Actually, I can make room and I can accommodate all this stuff in December, but actually... The other 11 months of the year, there's no room for you. What will you say to Jesus tonight? Is there room in your heart for him? And just as we wrap up this little talk, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. And maybe you've been searching for a while actually and you're waiting for the big flashing lights. You're waiting for something big and spectacular to happen. And, and actually maybe you're sitting there going, actually I would let him in but something needs to happen. I need to see those angels. I need to see all those spectacular and glorious things. But actually look at the simplicity of the birth of the Savior of the world. You could just stumble across that verse and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. The simplicity. There was nothing grand about the birth of the Savior. There was nothing, you know, glorious. It was simple. It was humble. There was meekness. And he's placed in a manger. And friends, actually, don't go chasing after the flashing lights. But actually, this evening, come to Jesus. Just sim simply come to him and go, you know what, Jesus, I want to make room for you in my heart. This Christmas, don't go searching for the bright lights, but instead come to Jesus simply and humbly in faith. And go, do you know what, Jesus? I might not get everything. I might not be able to understand all of theology. I might not be able to understand the word made flesh and all these big words that are used in church. But actually, Jesus, I understand that I need you. And I want to make room in my heart for you. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Friends, will you open your heart to him and allow him to wash away your sins. 
Most in Bethlehem said to the Son of God, there is no room for you. What will you say? Why don't you accept the greatest gift that Philippi was speaking about that this world has ever seen and will ever see? Why don't you accept him into your hearts this evening? Ask him in faith and say, Jesus, do you know what? I'm making room for you tonight. Come into my heart.